This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. It's Roxanne Solonen with Father Metzger, and it's time for our Prayerfully Yours segment. Almost every day we receive prayer requests asking for prayers for those close to us, and we hold these needs close in prayer at Real Presence Radio. So we're going to share a few of these prayer requests now, and we invite all of you who are listening to join in a prayer specifically for these intentions. And our intentions today are, first of all, for Sue's medical testing. Heavenly Father, we we hold up in prayer to you, Sue, and the medical difficulties that she's going through, and and the testing that she's that she's going through right now. We ask you to guide uh, the surgeons and the doctors who are helping her. Give give Sue consolation during this uh, perhaps scary and, and time of unknowing. Help her know the trust, the guidance, the the providence of your Son Jesus Christ. We ask all of these prayers through Him, Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. We also um, have a, a request from a listener who says, Please pray that my family and marriage be holy, healthy, and happy. Lord, you instituted the sacrament of marriage. You bless families. We hold up for you in prayer all families, particularly those that are struggling through uh, maybe suffering of, uh, of anger, animosity, Help every family be a great model of the Holy Family, of your Son, St. Joseph and St. Mary. Let them intercede for us, that every family can be a place of peace and joy, respect, understanding, forgiveness, and ultimately sanctity. Through our families, may we become great saints. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so many parents out there are worried about their children leaving the faith. And one listener asks, Please pray for my sons, Michael and Stephen, to believe in the Holy Trinity and return to the church. Lord, we entrust you, Michael, Stephen, and all of those sons and daughters of ours who've wandered from the faith, who have questions about the faith, who struggle with faith. We know that faith is a gift. And so we ask that you bestow upon Michael, Stephen, and all of our sons and daughters who struggle with their faith. Give them the gift of faith. Help them to know your son. Not just know your son, but to love him and entrust their lives, their joys, their struggles to him. So Lord, bring us all. Bring us all into a more perfect relationship with you and your church. We ask these prayers through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And right now, many people across our listening area are getting ready or have already possibly even left for Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. And um, just ask for their prayers, prayers for them in this weather and uh, their long journeys uh, to Washington. Lord, you have willed all life from the moment of conception. And so we pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon our country that we may, that we may foster a culture of life. And in that pursuit, we pray particularly for all the young people, their chaperones, as they travel in pilgrimage to Washington, D.C. to bear beautiful witness to the sanctity of life. We ask you to bless their travels and keep them safe. We also 
invoke your blessing upon all those whom the youth will interact with and meet. May their minds and hearts be moved by their witness that that through their acts, through their pilgrim, through their pilgrimage, through their piety, their prayer, their witness, many people will be called, may be called into a a vibrant faith to speak to the truth and the sanctity of life. We ask these prayers and all of our prayers through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And maybe since we're here at the Newman Center, we could pray for that effort, that it would uh, go go forward in the way God intends and, and as swiftly as He intends with the support of everyone in our area. Lord, we pray for for all campus ministry, particularly the Newman Centers throughout the country that have such a, a monumental task of, 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 of bringing faith, fostering faith into the youth of the world. Please bless their efforts. Let uh, campuses be a vibrant beacon of hope in our church, that many young people can be brought into deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and to find their vocations to the priesthood, to the religious life, to holy matrimony. Through your call, Lord, may we all be made saints. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to pray with us for these RPR family members and their needs. If you have a specific intention you'd like to pray for, please visit our website at yourcatholicradiostation.com and submit it under prayer requests at the top of the page. If you're having a difficult day or need some support, log on to yourcatholicradiostation.com and click on prayer requests. From here, we invite you to send us your prayer needs so we can pray specifically for those intentions. And if you have time, scroll down on the homepage to personally pray for the needs of other members of the RPR family. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com and click on prayer requests. You can also send intentions to us from the main screen of our app. We're blessed to be able to join you in prayer. Thanks for listening to Real Presence Radio. Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network. I hope your day is a little better and your burdens are made a little lighter by the message you are hearing. Please tell others about Real Presence Radio and invite them to listen. If you've been listening for a while, please consider joining the family and offering your support. Our goal is to change lives by bringing others closer to Christ. And together we are changing the world. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. All right, it's that time again, Father. Uh, It's Straight Talk, and we're going to have people calling in, hopefully. The number is 877-795-0122. You can also leave your comments on Facebook, uh, and we will be happy to answer those. Well, I won't. Father will be happy to answer those. (laughs) So give us a call. If you've wondered something about the faith, maybe you've had a discussion with a friend, you didn't know uh, how, uh, how the church would answer such a question, a question about uh, scripture, question about liturgy, maybe question about canon law. I don't know, Roxanne, canon law. We'll see what, uh, <laughs> see what I got with canon law, maybe a, a question about some doctrine, um, whatever it might be. Give us a call here at uh, Real Presence Radio. Send us a Facebook uh, message. 
we've got many ways you can get a hold of us. The number 877-795-0122. One last time, 877-795-0122. I always have questions for priests. And it's like sometimes it's hard to catch them, you know, so, or, or <laughs> the pin run. them down. Yeah, so this is great. This is an opportunity for anyone across our listening area. Or if you're on the road and you just happen to hear our uh, station, please go ahead and call in. But I actually got a message from someone this morning uh, through Facebook who uh, I had put a call out there. Yeah. And so she already has uh, reached out. Um, a lifelong Catholic who um, has something she's never really understood but would like to be explained. How? Why do we pray for someone? With God will do what God will do. So won't God help them if you don't pray for them? Isn't that a bit cruel, she asks. What about the people with no one to pray for them? So if you could explain that in a very simplistic way, she would appreciate that. Yeah, pray without ceasing, uh, uh, scriptural. Um, God is omnipotent, meaning God knows everything. You know, by your prayer, you don't give God new insight. He already knows, and he knows all of our needs. So... um, um, what the, 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 the best answer I found to the question, why do we need to pray to somebody, um, was given to us by St. Thomas Aquinas. He's one of my most favorite saints, uh, the 13th century, and he, and he wrote a lot. He wrote many, many books, and he answers this very question, why do we need to pray? There are, there are several answers that um, are given, but the one that I want to focus on is that God intends to give us all that we need. Because he's omniscient. He knows everything. God already intends to give us everything that we need. But there are some things that he intends to give us only when we ask. That's part of his providential plan. He intends to give us that when we ask for it. And so prayer is kind of, you could even say, even that is part of his plan, that he's going to bestow those blessings. He's going to answer that prayer once you request it. Now, I wonder, you know, Roxanne, as a mother mm-hmm. of, you know, biological mother of children that, uh, um, you know, especially when the kids are really young, you know what your kids need. Mm-hmm. You know what your kids need. Um, 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 and you know what your kids want too, but sometimes even as a mother, didn't you wait to give it to them before they asked? Right. And, yeah. and I think if, even if that happens on a natural level that we know what our children need, but we'll give them that when they have finally asked for it. Well, God, you know, we call him God, our father, right? There's a very parental mm-hmm. image that the church has put forth. And so there are some things, not everything, you know, Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas had many different answers for why pray, but this is one of them that yes, God knows what you need, but he's not going to give it to you until you ask him for it. And then once you do, the floodgates are open. He's just going to pour that upon you. Right. It's not like he's being mean or withholding, but it is a relational relationship, (laughs) right? I mean, it's circular. It's not just him handing down what he... knows that we need right it, yeah. th- otherwise it wouldn't wouldn't work out and we wouldn't yeah. have a, a, a need to draw closer to him yeah i'll give um one other um angle to the to the question why pray is um maybe you could simplify it uh prayer doesn't change god but it changes us you know right. god is god is eternal he's unchanging um so it's not like you you're you're changing god's mind when you pray 
Um, but it changes you. And there's something about making that humble prayer to God, maybe a very desperate prayer. You're like really in the grips of some struggle and you're really kind of like literally, figuratively brought to your knees um, in prayer. That opening of your heart to God changes you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, 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 a total surrender, a disposition of Lord, I am, I am humbly at your will. Um, that changes you um, and fostering a faith and a devotion. Just looking back on my life, um, I, look, I, I can recall times where um, kind of I was, I was at the darkest points in my life. Um, some of it self-inflicted, some of it inflicted upon me. I look back at those times that my, I, I had the most vibrant prayer life at those mm-hmm. points in my mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. because I felt like I don't know like where my life is going at this point. Like I have no other option than to just turn everything over to God. And, um, and that changed me. It changed my relationship with the Lord. It changed my spirituality. Um, and, uh, and that prayer changed me. And of course my prayers were answered. The Lord heard me and maybe it was just like I said previously, he was waiting to grant that to me until I asked and I didn't ask for it until I was really desperate. But that prayer, kind of that surrender, that, that desperate, uh, plea to God, it didn't change God, but boy, Mm -hmm. did it change me. Well, that does flip her question around because she was really approaching it more for how, how is this going to help this person? But really the person praying also is involved and also is going to be edified. So it's, it's so cool. Yeah. Through that, through that other person's, you know, suffering or whatever prayer request, you Mm -hmm. kind of mysteriously are brought into that and you are changed Mm -hmm. by a situation that you're really only tangentially involved in. Here's another related thing. I try to every Wednesday when I go to adoration, I'll put a call out on Facebook to, to draw. If anyone has any prayer requests, I just feel like, well, I'm going, there and so and I have been so touched by people coming to me I know it's not about me you know what I mean and it's like I'm touched by their desire and their vulnerability and even asking like I'm really surprised how many people come to me and so um, asking me to deliver those prayers to God I mean I I don't know I because it tells me more about them and their faith and and it's beautiful it's beautiful to witness that so there's so many angles here but you can never go wrong by by too much prayer yeah that that uh, that request of prayer to God actually brought you and your friend closer yes yeah Yeah. and then I've had other people jump on and say I'm praying with you Roxanne they don't have a prayer need at this time but they saw that other people pouring their hearts out and now they're pr- I mean it's it's yeah. so cool it's so neat yeah in so. the church we talk about the communion of saints yeah. right like um, death does not separate us and so that's why uh, we can invoke the saints you know the intercession of the saints for for our prayers a very Catholic uh, impulse goes back all the way to the earliest days of the church um, invoking the intercession of saints that we're all in this together mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, that applies here on earth and so um, invoking, you could say, the intercession of our friends. You pray for me, too. There's no difference between asking a saint to pray for you or asking your best friend to pray for you. We're all in this together. It's the communion of saints, the pilgrim church here on earth. So that prayer, that, uh, that, that, that conversation with God, 
draws all of us together. Absolutely. We're on Straight Talk. This is our half-hour show where you can ask a priest any question pretty much uh, that you want. I, I know there's people out there who have questions. Our number is 877-795-0122. And we'd love to hear from you either by phone or also by Facebook. If you want to hop on there and ask your question there, we'd be happy to receive it. You know, again, kind of speaking along that, oh, I had a thought and I can't remember, but it was about, it was about prayer. Oh, I know. It was about the Newman Center and how he was saying we need that community and how you know college students need that that uh, you know commiseration collaboration <laughs> yes exactly and so it's kind of a similar thing like we we never don't need people and it's such a a world right now where where we're getting more and more isolated so that need is even more and that's been one of the biggest insights to uh at least campus ministry but i'm sure it is expanded beyond that but particularly campus ministry over maybe the last 20 years that's what what has produced the greatest fruit spiritual fruit with campus ministry is just friendships mm -hmm. like monsignor said uh earlier in the show um college students are lonely Mm -hmm. College students are lonely. There's a lot going on, but like they've all got Netflix memberships. You know, it's just all this isolation. Everybody's stuck on their phones and stuff. And so mm -hmm. it's a very isolating, uh, it can be a very isolating time. And so one of the things to, to, to bring a relationship with the Lord is to like literally bring them into communion with other live human beings, not glass and silicone, mm -hmm. but, uh, but live human beings, because that's how the gospel is transmitted. You right, know, of right. Peter telling people about Jesus, St. Paul telling people about like this, this real person in my life who loved me so much that he suffered and died for me. So it's got to be passed mm -hmm. person to person. Programs are great. Videos are great. YouTube has been very successful of, of spreading the, the, the message to kind of the, the peripheries. But really that deepened relationship with Jesus Christ has to be passed person to person. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, no, there's no substitute for that. Well, we have a, a few topics on our, our uh, list while we're waiting for that first call. Um, one of them is fostering vocations. Now, you know a little bit about that father <laughs> so. yeah uh, uh i'm father kyle mesker i'm the vocation director for the diocese of fargo so my whole ministry right now is uh is about fostering vocations and we're gonna uh a segment later in the show we're gonna talk about really dig uh, get into the weeds i suppose you could say with that but um but yeah with fostering vocations you know it is the same thing is um working one-on-one -on -one with young men and young women um, who are considering the priesthood or maybe religious life that um, um, will primarily, even before that, is fostering a prayer life in that person. You know, I can't give them the answers. A lot of people are coming to me, what should I do, Father? And like, I don't, I, I can't tell you what to do. The Lord will do that. So that's the primary thing is 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 bolstering their prayer life. But like the second thing is oftentimes they just need somebody to talk to. Like like young people are 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 lonely and um they want relationship with people but they don't have really kind of deep meaningful friendships that they can talk about some of those um things that cut straight to the heart. And uh and so um so sometimes me, you know, they, they will come to the vocation director and say, you know, this is the longing of my heart. I really feel this in prayer. What do I do with that? And so it's not like a program. It's not a, a, anything. It's just um, like relationship with, uh, with another person. You walk with um, 
together on mm. the road to to um, to the Lord. What are some of the obstacles? Now, I would think that some people kind of with what's going on in the church, the turmoil, would think, oh, it's the abuse crisis. But I'm wondering if maybe that's not the case. I don't know. As far as like someone um, going on that journey and, and being stuck and not sure, and it, you know, some of the hesitations that uh, a young person would come on to as they're discerning a vocation. What, what, are you, what do you know about that, and what are you finding? Yeah, I've been involved with vocation for a couple of years now, so I'm by no means an expert. I'm still learning, um, but I do have a, a couple of patterns, you might say, that I've noticed with young people, and it would apply to vocational discernment, but I, I think that the, the, you could cast the net broader, and I certainly don't want to, like, dog on, you know, the youth today, but uh, I think one thing that maybe youth struggle with more than maybe their parents' generation is there's just... Um, there's so much opportunity, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's there's so many options that uh, the youth uh, tend to struggle with making a commitment. Yes, yeah, and we even I see, see this in marriage. You know, marriage mm-hmm. marriage is is happening later. Um, um, people um, moving to different careers more often. You know, my father worked in uh, in sales at at uh, the same business for his entire year 40 years at one at one uh, one business people now move to careers you know they're always mm-hmm. looking for a better offer and so um, so making a commitment is difficult because um, one you're kind of waiting for a better offer but the other thing too I've seen is um, there's a there's a desperate need for perfect clarity there's a desperate need for perfect clarity. So like whether what school do I attend? Uh, should I enter seminary? Should I attend university? Should I start dating now even? Or should I just wait? You know, should I just remain single? Um, should I apply for this internship? Um, the youth are really looking for clarity. And the thing is, is they're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. Even the Blessed Mother didn't have perfect how can this be since i i do not know man right she did not have clarity and then later a few verses later in in the gospel of luke she says uh, she pondered these things in her heart so she's pondering she's still trying to make sense of of who is this son of mine and so there's there's always going to be a, a leap of faith there's and the lord i think beautifully uses that he's not going to give you certainty about exactly what he's wanting there's got to be some gap where he's saying trust me so in my work with vocations and working with young men usually but also some young ladies as well is is getting them to realize you're not going to have perfect clarity of whether he wants you to enter seminary or go to university he's given you all the answers he's going to give now he's saying can he trust me the last 10% or whatever it might be? Can he trust me? And if he can trust me to walk down this path, then I know he's going to be a faithful disciple. But you're not going to get the clarity. So the youth, mm-hmm. they, they kind of make a Good god point. of it. They, yes. make a, they make an idol of perfect clarity. That's right. All right. And our number for Straight Talk here is 877-795-0122. This is Roxanne Solonen. We have Father Kyle Metzger waiting to hear your uh, question and also willing to give an answer. Um, you know, that's interesting because that kind of reminds me also of kind of the faith crisis too and sort of this mentality that science uh, will deliver all the answers and they are the God and then also there's too much ambiguity over here so that must not there must not be a god um that that 
kind of answers to the same the crisis of faith and and uh, that we have to have this perfect answer. Yeah, it's it's a false dichotomy. It's an either or, and the church. Uh, the church in these circumstances always gives a robust both and. Mm-hmm. We're a people of faith and reason. We're a people of piety and science. And so there's there's certain um, analytical things that you look at. You know, what are my gifts and what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And the Lord uses those. Um, but uh, there's also a mystery there. There's a, a faith component uh, that the Lord fills in the gaps. So, um, so looking at one's own life analytically and good, and there's certain patterns that the Lord is manifesting in one's life, but that's not the be-all and end-all. If he could have um, converted the entire Roman Empire with 11 guys, <laughs> the yeah. entire Roman Empire with 11 guys, it can all boil down to like uh, scientific uh, strategy plans. Mm-hmm. The Lord's grace fills in all of the gaps. Right, right. Again, um, you're listening to Straight Talk, and we are anxious for your calls. In the meantime, um, uh, again, I'll just give that number, 877-795-0122. Facebook is another option if you want to throw your question out that way. Um, the gospel this morning, um, or the readings, uh, something struck you, Father. Do you, do you recall what that was as you were looking through Here in those? these uh, first weeks of ordinary time, this is literally the first week of ordinary time, there are two things that we could say. Um, but um, the first is the first reading from the first book of Samuel. I love the books of Samuel, First and Second Samuel. They are just amazing readings, and we start off with a bang here. So there's a lot that could be said about the first reading. Uh, but the gospel, too, the gospel from Mark that you, uh, you mentioned, um, uh, in today's gospel, you have this very powerful healing where it's the paralytic man. You know, many people are familiar with this, where um, there's a man who uh, who is, is 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 paralyzed and he can't get to Jesus. Like Jesus is he's he's uh, he's bringing a crowd already. I think this is like the first chapter. It's the second chapter, the very beginning of the second chapter of Mark. It's right in the beginning, and Jesus is just kicking up a storm, and uh, everybody is coming to him. And uh, they cannot uh, get to him, so their friends literally tear off the roof. <laughs> like, whose house was that? Like, were they? Did they give consent to that? Uh, they tear the roof off in order to lower the man down in the middle of Jesus. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. Um, the the one element that I'll draw out. So much could be said, but the one thing that I oftentimes focus on as preaching is. Um, Jesus, when he recognizes this, he says, um, their faith has saved you. Do you notice that? Like mm-hmm. he, uh, he, Usually he says, your faith has mm-hmm. saved you when people come to him. Uh, but here he says, their faith has saved you. The paralytic man never says anything in the, in the, in the reading. Um, he doesn't say, Lord, you can heal me. It's only the, the faith of the people. And I oftentimes focus on, this gives a great image for baptism, infant baptism. Some uh, uh, Protestant mm. communities don't believe mm-hmm. in infant baptism because the person themselves can't you know, uh, uh, commit to Jesus Christ. I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. And so they say you can't baptize until the child has reason. The Catholic Church has never followed that imp- imp- uh, 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 instinct all the way from the earliest days. And this is one passage that's speaks to that, that it's somebody mm. else's faith yeah. that 
that um, that that opened up um, salvation for this paralytic man. And so in baptism, we bring infants because it's the parents' faith right. that they want to pass on to the child. So we can baptize that infant uh, under the, the, the faith of their parents being passed on. And so that kind of unravels a Protestant objection to infant uh, baptism. Not all Protestant communities are against infant baptism, but some are. Mm -hmm. And I always invoke this passage as a response to why we as Catholics can baptize infants. Jesus saves this man because of the faith of his friends. And there again, we have friendship, we have community. Yeah. It's not just us single, although we will be, you know, meet God singularly, but it's the whole community that is somehow infused in that. We're so. sensing a theme here, right? Yeah, it's all coming together. <laughs> Friendship, community. Yeah, awesome. Well, we have um, Jessica from Gillette uh, writes in and says, in the Bible, it says that Mary will call her baby Emmanuel, but then he's named Jesus. Please explain. Emmanuel, uh, is, that's God with us, right? right. I think that the, the translation of God is God with us. Jesus, the name of uh, uh, Jesus means God saves. Mm -hmm. God saves. Um, so it's uh, both of them evoking um, what you might say, the, 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 the transcendence of God, the, the imminence of God. That's the word that I'm looking for, that God doesn't kind of remain um, beyond us, but God enters into our faith. So we have a, what's called an imminent faith. And so Emmanuel, God with us, and then God saves. They're both, um, they're both speaking to the same reality, okay? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. as, as far as like the technicality of those two different terms, I don't know that I don't have a, a very hard and precise um, uh, answer to that. I'd be curious to uh, the, the, the exact scriptural passage. Yeah, one of the things that makes from. me think of is the litany of the of the saints or when you're when you're praying the different names sure. for Mary um, it depends on what we're needing at that particular time one of those names is going to speak to us Queen of Peace or yeah. Queen of uh, Mother of Mercy or, or whatever um, we can have different names we can even have nicknames as people depending on who's referring to us and so it, it's not so limited maybe um, you yeah. know I don't know that's just a thought that, yeah. that popped up to me no that's too. very beautiful too I, I think that's a very uh, uh, effective kind of response of the um, the imminence of God that that is captured in in so many different titles, so many different titles. But God saves, God is with us. All hearken to that reality of the nearness, the imminence of 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 God. Right, and I feel like the the birth, the nativity, especially would have focused initially. Well, both, I guess, the saves and the but at the same time. God is with us. That was such a, that's something that really came to me this year at, during the Christmas season that God wasn't with us in that way before. And right. we take that for granted. You know, it was, right. it was a big illumination. Yeah. That's, that's needing the star, you know, as a symbol. So, um, Yes, we are ready for your question. We know that you have some burning questions for priests, and we have a lot of listeners out there. I know it's a it's a busy day in Fargo. People are, are shoveling or hunkering down, and but there's other places out there that you're not so distracted. So call in 877-795-0122. We have a little bit of time left. We'd love to get your questions, so give us a call. One other thing, uh, Roxanne, I think might be worth it. Uh, uh, drilling into a little bit uh, the first reading because I think it connects well to what we were saying earlier about prayer. The first reading is is from uh, the first book of Samuel. Here we're in chapter eight. Um, 
you you got to read the books of Samuel, especially here as uh, as they're coming up in the lectionary. It'd be great to read through all of them. But this is a, an interesting transition point for the Hebrew people. They're uh, they're kind of experiencing a failure of leadership. You could say they went through all the judges, the book of Judges, and all of them. You know, were had their their weaknesses and their inadequacies, and so the. Um, the Hebrews realized they they want a different kind of leadership, and um, and they want a king. They now want to have a king. But what's really interesting, Roxanne? Do you know why they ask for a king? That's what comes through in today's reading. No, tell me, I don't. <laughs> it's great. I love going through this with with uh, with high schoolers. They ask for a king because all the other nations have a king. And they mm -hmm. want to be like everybody else. Uh-huh. Human nature. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Philistines have a king, and the Moabites have a king, and the Jebusites have a king. The Egyptians have a pharaoh. Uh, we want to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that, that's, their, that's, that's, that's the extent of their rationale. The, true that like all their previous leadership was, was really inadequate, so they want to turn the page and do something different. But um, the Lord finds this request really displeasing because uh, he says, I'm your king. I'm your king. I guide you. I fight your battles for you. Um, I've provided everything for you. I took you out of Egypt. I brought you across the Red Sea. I brought you through the desert. Um, you're back home in the Holy Land now. I I've provided for you. Why do you want somebody else? Uh, and he tells them, this is not the, uh, Yahweh tells them this through the, the uh, Samuel, which is where we get the title of the book from. Um, I've been your king. I don't want you to do that. And Samuel says, if you have a king, all these horrible things are going to happen. The king is going to become corrupt and he's going to, you know, overly tax you. He's going to take your daughters as his, as your wives. He's going to send your sons into battle. He's going to, he, he's just going to wreak havoc in your life. You don't want this. And you know how they respond? What? <laughs> no, we really want it. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Seriously, Lord, we really want a king. And at the end of, uh, end of the reading, uh, the Lord says to Samuel, um, grant their request and appoint a king to rule over them. He says they want it. I'm going to allow them to experience it. And of course, it turns out to be an absolute disaster. Mm -hmm. The kings are, uh, are, are bad from the get-go. Um, and so sometimes that, that there's, a, there's a spiritual insight there that sometimes in frustration we ask for things that are bad. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes the Lord just kind of lets those go forward. Um, to teach us a lesson. You know, you, you learn uh, what would be kind of the secular equivalent. You learn by uh, hard knocks, something like that. You learn the hard way. Um, the Hebrews had to learn the hard way to experience the disaster of their leadership in order to say, okay, yeah, let's just trust Jesus. Well, not Jesus at the time. He hasn't come yet. Let's just trust the Lord. Let's just trust God mm -hmm. the Father. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, in your prayers, like, um, maybe the Lord doesn't answer your prayer right away because uh, there's a different avenue that you're going to learn. Right. But the Hebrews request something bad, and they get it so that their hearts can be more uh, robustly conformed to the Lord. What bring, brings calls this calls to mind in my mind about this is 
I feel like in this age, we would not be asking for a king because we want to do it ourselves. Yeah, we are right. our king. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, so it's like, oh, interesting that they're begging for someone to lead them. This is, it's a great <laughs> parallel, Roxanne. I think you're spot on. And so the Lord, like, he'll let you live your life. But I did it my way. Frank Sinatra, yeah. that's the anthem of hell. Mm-hmm. You know, I did it my way. Um, and he says, fine, I'll let you do it your way. And then eventually you'll hit the brick wall. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be mm-hmm. on your knees and say, okay, Lord, not my way. We'll do it your way. Well, thank you for all those who thought of us um, and, and, and those those who wrote in with your questions. Um, this segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday. Up next, it's the biggest pro-life event in the United States, and it's just one week away. So find out what this moment will mean for two of hundreds of thousands of pilgrims traveling east. And later in the show, two dads from the local area are taking scouting to a whole new Catholic level. We are broadcasting live from St. Paul's Newman Center in Fargo. I'm Roxanne Solonen, and... Father Kyle Metzger. Stay tuned for more Real Presence Live.